Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Give me a count in so I can oh, synchronize with you. It's got to yeah, be like Mission Impossible. I'm recording now, so go right ahead and start recording. Oh, okay. okay. This is going to make the show. <laughs> what episode wow. is this? We're leaving this. Six? All right. Here we We're go. leaving Hold all on. of this in, by the way. Oh, yeah. This is oh, how yeah. we open up the show. Here we go. <laughs> Guardians of Geekdom and Dungeons and Dweebs, welcome back to another vitamin D deficient episode of Bandwagon Nerds. I am the White Whale of Wrestling, the Violent Gentleman, Aesop Mitchell, leading the hosting duties today uh, after being gone for a number of weeks. So the pressure is all on me. Uh, but we cannot have an episode of the Bandwagon Nerds without having the full bandwagon. So we have an excellent panel today of the most unsightly characters. Thank God we have faces for radio people. Uh, let's introduce them real fast before we get into the meat and potatoes of the geeky week that we had. Uh, first up, we have our lawyer friend, the good, good buddy of the one white whale of me. That's Dave Ungar. I'm just I'm just like a fly on the wall watching to see this train wreck happen in front of me since I wasn't supposed to be here. Surprise. Tony decided we're going to record a day early. 
and I am ceding hosting duties to you, my friend. And uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. I, I, I'm going to be an observant. So great. You know, there is nothing that people want to see more than a car crash and the post accident. Uh, so why well, there? How many NASCAR fans are there out there? Right. So. Oh God, we we just don't like NASCAR up here. So. Six, seven, eight. Are you? You look like Steph no. He's showing how many hands, like fingers, he has on his hands. I thought he was uh, counting NASCAR. It's like Steph Curry counting titles, man. Ayo. Uh, speaking of the titles, uh, that over here we have the absolutely most luxurious voice in professional podcasting. It is the one, the only. The newly member of the Father's Day Pride, that's Christopher Platt, everyone. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. And I tried to take it back to the factory. They wouldn't accept it. So so I'm stuck with it. (laughs) You have the Cranberry Compound and the Cranberry Factory, too? No, we tried to return the model back to the factory and get a quieter one. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no dice. Oh, well, uh, oh, you got well. the family truckster, baby. You're stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, man, we're doing life. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, the man that has put all the pressure on me, the P in PC stands for paternal. It's PC Tunney. I don't, that's not what it stands for. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Yes, Aesop, uh, you know, pressure creates diamonds. So good luck with that. Jack. Sure does. Good luck with that. Uh, so, so, uh, Quick, just go around. What has happened? Because I have not been on in, what, two, three weeks. And I have missed all of your faces, for the most part, at least, like, in spirit. So what have we, what have I missed in this, uh, in this deluge that is my absence? Disney fans shitting on just about everything. That's kind of the, the, the crux of it. You know, we, uh. We've taken a good show, really good shows like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Miss Marvel and, and turned it into our own pissing contest for reasons. That's and the boys came out. Yes, that that too. There you go. Yay, the boys. Yes. And uh, since we are there, we might as well just get right into it. Boys, episode five. Uh, and, uh, this this boys series has just been phenomenal so far. Uh, I don't know how everyone else is feeling, and uh, but it just feels like this this season just has a different ring to it. And uh, especially going into episode five, we got a, like a musical sequence involved, <laughs> and uh, I, man, I just don't know what what to expect going forward in the rest of this third season of Amazon's hit TV show. So let's, let's just kind of go around and uh, let's, let's get everyone's personal feelings, seeing uh, what has happened in the, on the boys. Let's start off with you, PC. I mean, it looks like Homelander's in, in charge here. He's also enjoying uh, finding different ways to get his way. Um, I think it was pretty hilarious how they start out with this episode with the boardroom meeting. And he gets upset at the lady for bringing up like a certain know-nothing statistic that they have to think about. And then he turns around by the end of that episode and gives that as the reason he has to watch that number, why he can't go and help and, and go get uh, Soldier Boy. So it's it's pretty hilarious how he is growing into uh, his surroundings once again. I don't think he's as dumb as people think, but 
it's it's interesting. We got we got the uh, the whole crew back together. Um, it seems like everybody and their mother's about to take V just to get this thing going. So I don't know. It's it's been fun. Um, I I really like when Huey turns into a soup. I think that's a good time when he has the uh, the ability to go ahead and teleport. So I don't know. What do you guys think, Chris? You you uh, any big opinions from this last episode? Well, you know, I hate to correct you, but I really don't. Uh, EBITDA is kind of a big fucking deal, man. It's not like a know-nothing statistic. That's literally the money, you know, before taxes and depreciation and some other shit. I, I don't, I can't, I, my brain's not functioning all the way, so I can't give you the entire uh, breakdown, but it's pretty fucking big. But um, it, it it's funny because now he is in charge and you see, oh shit, he's a little in over his head here and he can't admit that obviously. So he just preys back on his uh, intimidation and fear of everybody. But a uh, homelander might be the most compelling character on all of television right now. I absolutely love this character. A um, couple other things. Shout out to homelander and soldier boy. They both seem to have a little, uh, woman trouble this week. Huh? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and an- another quick thought. Uh, it was really good to see Seth Rogen make a cameo. Uh, for those that don't know, he's an executive producer on the show. And I guess, old girl, that was a kind of like an OnlyFans, or or was that like a Skype thing, like Sonny was doing? Like what? What was that? It said OnlyFans, I think. Okay, okay, well, that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, fair enough. Oh, and um, what's my man? What's the racist dude that was beating up the black people? I forgot his name. Blue Hawk. Yeah, how the hell do you show up to the damn uh, community function and just start beating up black people? Like, that was laughing my ass off, man. Like, how the fuck? This escalated quickly. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to fuck you up, brother. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Fuck you. So so kind of looking at what we saw in episode five, what? where do we go from here? Because BCL Red is just kind of a myth at this point. Uh, doesn't mean jack shit, you know, after they've kind of been let down by, you know, the, that's what they were spending most of their time in, uh, you know, season three trying to search for. And now we, we see Homelander just put more or less a stranglehold on Vought. Where do you think we go forward with this? Uh, like, is this just going to be an utter collapse in Vought Industries and then shit's going to kind of hit the fan even more so uh, I, I'm feeling than uh, what it already has. Uh, Dave, why don't you kind of give us your feelings on the episode and where do we, where do you think we go from here? Dave, you're muted. <laughs> That's why you can't hear me. Cause I was muted. Yeah. I'm, I'm just pause for dramatic effect. Yeah. Dramatic effect. No, I thought, I thought this episode was, uh, was tremendous. Uh, you know, I, I like the stuff like Tony was saying at the beginning where you've got Homelander in a board meeting, not knowing these crucial economic terms, like Chris was saying, and then just try to like, try to bitch people down because how dare you, how dare you remind me how ignorant I actually am, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, I thought that was great. You know, the 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 interplay between Huey and Starlight is is one of the more compelling aspects of the show because, you know, Huey's honest to a fault. And it's like at some point it's like, dude, you don't got to tell her everything, man. It's just going to get you in trouble. So just shut up. I, I appreciate your honesty and that sort of thing. But I, I think, you know, the big thing to take out of this episode is, is the concept of Ken Soldier Boy be the one to actually stop Homelander. You know, that's one thing. 
Um, Maeve and Butcher hooking up. That was a little bit unexpected, but kind of a cool moment. And then, yeah, what happened? You know, where is Maeve? What happened to her? What did Homelander do to her? But this uneasy alliance that you've got between Butcher, Soldier Boy, and Huey, and, you know, Mother's Milk being kept out of it because he wouldn't accept it. You know, are are they going to go after Homelander, Ken? And I think the other thing is Soldier Boy has an effect that seems to take powers away. And if that's true, if he can take neutralize, you know, the effects of V like he did with Kimiko, then, yeah, they've got a shot at this thing. But I, I will say you're asking where do we go next, Aesop? Yeah. The title of the next episode is Hero Gasm, which if you've read the comics – you know that that's going to be in a very interesting. How far can Amazon really push this particular storyline? So I <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean as, I love it. As Platt alluded to earlier, we had uh, well, and you did too. Uh, we had a, a fair amount of gasming uh, throughout this episode, and uh, yeah, um, I I don't want to spoil too much because yeah, because of my friends, both you know. Platt and PC need to really appreciate what's going to happen next. And then once they see the more than likely toned down version of hero gasm, then that's when we drop some panels on their ass and really get them like shocked in awe <laughs> of what's going to happen with the boys. Uh, PC Platt, your turns though. So these are, I assume guys that you have not, read any of the boys comics any of the graphic novels nothing like that right no i've read about the graphic novels in the comics but not actually read them so okay so from an outsider's perspective where do you think we are gonna go uh or where the boys are going to go rather and uh what how do you think they kind of wrap up this season um I, i'm thinking some key characters aren't gonna make it out alive uh, I think the tear between Butcher and, and Mother's Milk, I think that's uh, irreparable. I, I don't see how they could coexist anymore. Kamiko, if she doesn't have any powers, she's basically is about as useful as an eyeball on her asshole at this point. Um, I, I'm still thinking about Mr. Edgar. He's still the, the, the most intelligent person in this entire universe. So he's got to have something up his sleeve. And Dave alluded to that last week as well. So he, I don't think we've seen the last of Edgar. And... I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of a swerve and Homelander and Soldier Boy end up teaming up circa, you know, like Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin circa 2001, the two man power trip. You know, yeah, I don't think the alliance will last very long, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get, we go there. Oh, the, and the analogy you draw is really good with Austin and, and Triple H. The alliance can't last long because with those two egos, no chance. Mm -hmm. Good one. <laughs> Way to go, Dave. I'm, I'm, here, plays, I'm huh? here for you, man. Yeah. PC, what are you feeling uh, going forward? I don't know, man. Go the other way with it, Chris. Uh, they got to get Homelander. Uh, you know, they, the, only, <laughs> the only time they can catch him off guard is when he's having an orgasm. So they got to find a way to find it, make him vulnerable <laughs> like that. You know, something like that. That's uh, and I have no idea. So and I don't want to know, but I can't wait to find out. I've loved this series. So, yeah, I mean, definitely some dynamic characters. Yeah, you bring up. Maeve and, and Butcher uh, getting it on. Um, just some interesting dynamics here. But, I mean, you know, once the alcohol started flowing, you could clearly see where that was headed. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're both two people that are self-loathing. 
So what better way to well, self-loathe than to loathe each other, you know? And, <laughs> it makes and, sense to me. <laughs> and Kimiko comes on to Frenchie now that she doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, this this boys' season, and just pretty much all the boys, is full of these, like, lesser characters, too. Uh, I, because just the the whole... The whole show itself is just full of great personalities, not just with the characters themselves, but the actors portraying them. Uh, so, oh, I, you know, someone I think can, of... can I, I wanted to throw something to you. Asa. Oh, go right ahead. So it actually saw all you guys. What did you think of the, uh, the, the <laughs> where they kind of took the with great power comes great responsibility line and <laughs> flipped that with what you're saying with great responsibility comes the right to be a cunt, you know? <laughs> That sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, this, I thought, this is what this show does so well, right? And that's to turn the entire, um, the stereotypes on its head, really. And that's that's the whole point of The Boys. And honestly, it's what Amazon does oh so well. They, Man, you know, we were talking about it, I think maybe a month or two ago, about which which uh, platform, which streaming platform just kind of does everything right. And I know a lot of people said Apple TV Plus, and, you know, that's something I haven't been able to experience. But for me, Amazon Prime just knows how to create content and do it right. Uh, and this whole, uh, th and this kind of leads into what I was saying too, just the fact that they're making these smaller characters, uh, you know, Haley Joel Osment's in the first season, who was... Well, maybe two episodes, but for me, he is very memorable. Uh, it just for what he's done. So I like another one that that came out in this uh, episode is Paul Reiser. I, first of all, I have a man crush on Paul Reiser. Love him. And he owns for, he owns this year between this and Stranger Things. It is Paul Reiser's year. The legend. And, and yeah, the, <laughs> the legend. The rise of science. The rise of science. Right. Get it. Rise oh yeah. Renaissance. Well, no, we're going to. We're gonna change it up uh, to a well, for uh, for the for a doubt out there. It's going to be uh, Star Wars: The Riser of Skywalker, uh, just for him. <laughs> oh, Dowd might like that edition of the movie. So, <laughs> so so like, what is that that smaller character out there in the boys? I know this is not necessarily a recap, but I, I feel like this show is so important for that to, to have these. B, C level characters, at least as far as screen time, but the the people out there that just sort of resonate to you. Uh, make, like I said, I, I kind of said the legend. Paul Reiser is just fucking great. Uh, quick round the horn. Uh, who else you got that you just are enamored with on the boys? After this episode, I think I'm really curious what happens with A-Train because, you know, through his own doing, his brother is now paralyzed and, and well, not, not through his own doing through bots bullshit that they pulled by forcing this public apology nonsense, instead of Homelander just coming in and lasering blue Hawk, like he should have. Now they put him in this, in this situation. And now a train's brother who told him this was a bad fucking idea ends up paralyzed. How is he going to respond to that? A train, my guess is even though he can't, he's not supposed to use his powers. He's going to, and pay the ultimate sacrifice at some point in this whole thing. Um, so I'm kind of wondering that's going to be a compelling storyline. You know, he's not, this is not going to stand with him. I don't think, I don't, I don't see how it can. Sure. 
I'll give PC. you uh, I'll give you um the deep's girlfriend. She should be with Homelander. I've made this point on a different episode because she'd be perfect <laughs> for him. Once he, once hero, he hero hero gasm, Tony. Hey, yeah, once he gets where her mind is and he can knows he can trust her, she'll think about all the things that he doesn't think to think about, right? Just like he does for the There you go. <laughs> Platt. They're clearly going to fuck at some point. Come on, man. That's you, you can see that coming from a mile away. Like Ray Charles can see that. And he's blind and dead. Dude, you, um, know, you know the deep's going to get cucked in this next episode, of man. Of course. It's, it's happening. He probably will, yes. And then he'll force him to eat like a, a can of dolphins or some shit. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> there it is, um, folks. There's the title. I've been waiting for it. Bandwagon Nerds. Can, a, a can of dolphins. No, the bandwagon nerds. The deep gets cucked. I mean, after last week's title, why not, Tony? Go for it. Nope. Already got um, it. I'm very Cucked by a can of dolphins. Is that better? Nope. Cucked by a can Just of a dolphins. Just a can of dolphins, Jesus guys. Christ. A can of dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm interested but... in uh, in the Frenchie Kamiko thing because, number one, I was, I was kind of shocked to see Kamiko make a move because I don't really feel like their relationship has been defined. Like, are, are were they lovers or was there a romantic thing going on? Or was it more of a like a father-son type of or father-daughter type of, you know, protective whatever deal? Um, so that's gonna be interesting. And Frenchie is starting to just be tired of it all. You, you can see it wearing on him. He's tired of being everybody's bitch, similar to Huey in 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 a certain regard, but he just wants to get away. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And the Huey Starlight, I was watching this with Amber, and she thinks that they broke up at the end. I, I don't think so. I think it was more, you know, ambiguous than that. I think she just he just defied her, and he's he's feeling himself right now. You know what I mean? His balls finally dropped thanks to this compound V. So it's going to be interesting to see what shenanigans ensue with Huey and Powers because I can't see that shit going well. <laughs> yeah, but he he's defying her in his mind to save her. Or to to well, at, you know, to save her from Homelander by, like you're saying, Chris, his balls dropped. Now he's got some power. Now he finally feels like, hey, I can do something to protect her. Um, probably not the best of decisions, though, to to go running off with no. uh with Butcher and Soldier Boy. And he's gonna fuck it up because at the end of the day, he's a schmuck. Like, never forget when we met this Melon Farmer, he was a schmuck. So that's his DNA. You know, shout out to Simon Pegg, his father. That's another one of those cameos that I absolutely loved, Aesop, that you talked about. That, he, you know, he was only there for a cup of coffee and a Skype call this season. But, yeah, he's a schmuck. So he's going to schmuck it up somehow, some way. Uh, everyone, be ready. Can of Dolphins t-shirt will be posted later <laughs> today. <laughs> All right, this is uh, perfect Hagen time. Is not PETA compliant, just so you know. <laughs> uh, perfect time to take that first commercial break. And uh, we'll be back and getting into some more trailers. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, Chairshot Radio Network. Don't forget to head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, we're back. Thank you. Thank you so much, PC Tunny. Okay, so uh, it's time, you know, that wonderful segment that we have in every episode of bandwagon nerds 
Cue the banjos. Actually, I'd rather like to take this moment here to have all the listeners close their eyes. If you're driving, just hit pause and do this when you stop. Um, close your eyes and imagine the biggest banjo hoedown you've ever listened to and seen in your life. You got it? All right, can you hear it? All right, that's your banjo music this week. Go ahead, Asa. Okay. You know, there is this thing. I could transfer you the file, Mr. Tony. Sounds like I'm a just, lot of I'm work. Just... Sounds like a lot of work after like, we put these people like post... through that mental exercise, Dave. Dave. Sounds Dave, like post-production to me. Come on now. Some people need to use their imaginations, uh, okay? To me, this sounds like postpartum depression. That too. That too. All right. We've got a couple of trailers, though. Uh, I'd like first you to close your first. eyes, folks, and imagine a can of dolphins. <laughs> Uh, mm, delicious taste oh, like chicken wait, hold on hold on that's tuna uh so the first one that we uh, that i had sent out is this hot pile of garbage trailer called hot seat and you can't have a hot pile of garbage without a hot pile of garbage human being that being mel gibson in this movie uh gentlemen what do you feel about this hackers slash bomb slash murder mystery uh we've got kevin dylan i thought he was dead uh but apparently he's back on Jesus. well i did uh, and shannon doherty another person that i i know wasn't dead but you could have convinced me that well, she died her career died like 20 years ago when well, she got that's because she's term. like crazy yeah so. yeah but yeah, uh, we a reformed hacker. This is uh, the this is the description. A reformed hacker turned cybersecurity technician finds himself in the quote hot seat when he realizes that he's just armed a bomb under his chair and is forced to help a maniacal anonymous caller pull off an impossible cyber robbery so and that's, jesus christ and that's and that's the character johnny drama plays right from from entourage right that's who that is <laughs> yes okay so doesn't this more so seem like a movie johnny drama would do that he got on entourage than an actual movie he's making in real life this is just one of the biggest pieces of schlock i have ever seen and I, you know what? I know that like uh, Pod is probably going nuts. Odoud is losing his mind because why would we review it? Well, guess what? It's important to look at the hot garbage. And so we need to talk about it, especially Mel Gibson's coming back out of the blue. Uh, but my, my favorite favorite line uh, is like, oh, Red Knight, that was your hacker name, wasn't it? Like, come on. You can't. A child wrote this script. And oh, I, or I it's about to get a lot hotter in here. Yeah, there you go. There's some dialogue for you. Or how about we don't have uh, access to the unobtainium? PC, if I buy a ticket uh, nope. for both of us, nope. will you go see this movie nope. with me? What? Nope. 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 No, thank you. Oh, my God. No, fine. Platt, if I buy a no ticket, will you, you fly up? Here will you fly and, up here uh, and watch this with me, Platt? If he calls you on Facetime, will you be in the theater with him for the whole two hours? I might actually. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all see what this is, man? They're slowly trying to slip Mel Mel back into the paint after his fall. It's kind of like when you 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 want to go swimming, but the water's a little cold, so you just kind of stick your toe in at first. 
then maybe you dip your foot in, maybe you put both feet in, and then you start splashing yourself with the water to get acclimated to it. That's what they're doing here. Between this, he had the little part in uh, Daddy's Home too. They're slowly but surely trying to slide him back in the paint. Look, look at the poster for this movie. I don't, I know it's on. Uh, look oh, at this CGI you know plastic surgery. Oh my God! It's that made on like Photoshop. At the end of Blockbuster, you know how you would just be, you know, going and looking at stuff, and you'd be like, "Holy shit! When did Wesley Snipes make a movie, or when did Sylvester Stallone make a movie?" And it'd just be the star, a sweaty white woman, and a big ass explosion on the back, on the back cover. When you and you read the title, you know, you know, <laughs> talking about secondary characters, you guys know who Eddie Steeples is, and you remember um, My Name Is Earl. He was the crab man on My Name Is Earl. Fucking that guy. Oh, rocks. the the big brother with the afro. Yep. Dave, what about you? Are you gonna go see this? You gonna, deep cut. <laughs> you gonna you gonna make For this uh, appointment television uh, on your next trip to Disney? About the same time that I buy the Morbius trilogy pack gift pack that I was trying to <laughs> gift you on Voodoo. Yeah, this this is this is just wow. I was like like you're saying shitty dialogue. Who did anybody want the return of Mel Gibson? I don't think so. Did anybody want the return of Kevin Dillon? Probably not. I just like I was like watching this trailer like, wow, this is really bad. There's nothing redeeming about this. There's nothing that yeah, I, I couldn't find any part of it that made me say, yeah, it's worth checking out. I mean, at least Morbius had some of that because it was a Marvel character. This is just like, you know, come on, old yeller, get your ass up these fucking stairs. What <laughs> uh, one. This uh, first of all, uh, Hot Seat will be in theaters and video on demand uh, starting July 1st. So be ready. It's coming uh, to a theaters near you. I also, can't wait till you get tasked with taking those poor kids to see this movie. Absolutely. No, kids. These these people are older than me. The, the bastards make me want to go see Morbius again. Um, oh, that's and, right. They're re-releasing that. Can we go see it again, Mr. Mr. Mitchell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one one last shout out. Kevin Dillon's character's name is Fryer. The fuck. <laughs> uh, second trailer that I saw. Did you just stuff. say Fryer? Fuck. Is that yes. a new Robin Hood character? <laughs> Don't make me make that shirt too. Robin. Um, in, in yeah, Fryer Fuck stars in Robin's Hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. So the second trailer, one that is far more intriguing, uh, at least for me personally, is we saw the trailer this week for Westworld season four. Now, if you haven't seen Westworld, season one is fantastic. It's so good. The the of course, HBO just does great cinematography. But regardless, um, and then subsequently season two and three like two slightly less and three just what the fuck was this season so looking at season four and the the trailer that you saw i don't know uh if any of you three have seen any of westworld are you intrigued is this going to be able to bring you back into the westworld uh i guess world lore universe Sounds like something you probably should have asked us before you developed the rundown sheet. Now, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you know, again, again, you, you guys are fucking this dog. I'm just holding its head. So, round the horn. Whatever. You're the one that looks like Jeffrey Wright. So, uh, you should be invested in this 
in this uh, series. He does have it's, a point there, Platt. You do have a I don't Jeffrey Wright. Like Jeffrey Wright. Y'all just we don't all look alike, motherfuckers. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, uh, Lieutenant Dan when he lost his legs on the shrimp boat. He has a beard. <laughs> yeah. What do I have? I, I... No, no that's, chance. That's my point. You look about as much as Gary Sinise when he lost his legs well, yeah, Asa, go, as gonna, I do as Jeffrey Wright. Aesop <laughs> goes to show that he doesn't have a beard just like Lieutenant Dan's, even though he has a lot of facial hair, instead of just going, hey, look, I have legs. <laughs> like, you could have went right to the – you didn't try need to slap the drag bun for a single. You could have went for the home run right away. Hey, legs, I have legs. You're wrong. Nah, nah. It's low-hanging fruit, Tony. Too, too oh, easy. Fine, I'll bring it back to Westworld for you. I stopped watching this about halfway through the second season because I just didn't get it anymore. I'm not sure what's happening there because I haven't watched since then. Um, I'll give you a synopsis of how I feel about it. Jimmy Simpson, who plays one of the characters on Westworld, who I absolutely love as an actor. I love what he did on the show. He was being interviewed. I don't remember if it was something with Letterman or somebody else, and they asked him about it. And he goes, I, I don't even know what the fuck it's all about. That's fair, Dave. How about you? I I have not <laughs> I have not seen it. I want to watch it. I just haven't seen it. So I know I know we talked about this when the first trailer came out um, several months ago for season four, and we kind of kind of ran around the table. I know you and Patrick have watched it, and you both were like trepidatious about season four. Maybe a little bit, hopefully optimistic, but I guess I got to turn around to you, Aesop. You've seen it. What are your thoughts? Can this series be redeemed with what you've seen in this trailer, which is crazy? Um, even if you haven't watched any of it, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Well, we're really getting away from the idea of being in this Old West uh, setting, which was the primary focus for much of the, the earlier seasons. And we're trying to get into the the new world that is, uh, you know, the future over there. I, I can't remember exactly what the date, if they've said anything about it, but um, yeah, we get a lot of Tessa Thompson in this trailer, which I mean, I am all for some Tessa Thompson. She is uh, fantastic. And she's kind of on a revenge tour, right? This is going to be fun. And uh, one of the things that, it kind of lingers in my mind is that like image of whatever uh, Android that they had, like the face split open and like the Hornets like buzzing out of it. Fucking great imagery. And if we get more stuff like that throughout, I, this is, this is going to be balls to the wall. It's going to be nuts. And I, I really, that's what they need to do. They have, such a weird release schedule with Westworld. I, I when did the first season come out? Like 2002. Uh, it, it really, that's what it feels like. It, it had to been at least 10 years ago. Um, and if we can't get things on a more consistent basis, you got to make make it crazy uh, just to bring people back. So October I 2016. 2016. It feels so much longer than that. Five it really does. More than five and a half years. Tessa Thompson is approaching the uh, Brandy Rhodes, Lolo Jones for me, as in her annoyingness is superseding her hotness. Oh, well. Yeah. You're only saying that because you're not Taika Waititi, so. uh... God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was the that was our trailer park. 
What you think, Pod? You like that? Yeah, you like that? Go and see Hot Seat, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to predict he's not going to go see that one. Oh, no, no. We're going to make him see it. I promise you. Next I'm week, we'll let a... you know how far down the list Aesop had to go <laughs> to give away a movie ticket for someone to go with him to see that movie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it comes out July 1st. If you just wait four or five days, it'll be in the bargain bin <laughs> DVD section at Walmart. So you don't even have to worry about wasting 10 bucks on a movie ticket. You can get it for five. <laughs> the, problem is, the problem is I'm still paying to go see it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> The ticket could be free and I'd still be paying to see it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, it, you know, this is a good time for our second uh, commercial break. PC, why don't you talk about giblets on some soft shirts? No, we'll just go to commercial. Don't tell me what to do. This is Bandwagon Nerds, Church Radio Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. ProWrestlingTaste.com forward slash the CHAIRSHOT. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Oh, I can come back now? You're so angry, PC. I Look, I'm trying to do this first time off the cuff, improvisation over here, and just to get so much anger... I got Chris rocked by you, Will Smith. Uh, so, hello. Welcome back to the last portion. Uh, going into the news around the nerdosphere, I guess, uh, the first thing I wanted to bring up is Lightyear has come out. And the reviews aren't so hot right now, everyone. Um, I don't know if people... Were you we're expecting this? You sound like you were invested and someone kicked your dog or something. Look, well, look, uh, I, now I don't know about you three, but Pixar is kind of important to people my, you know, in my uh, decade and era. You know, 92, I was born. Uh, like, Toy Story came out in, what, 96? So uh, this is... This is just all me. I am so invested in Pixar, and regardless what they put out, I, I mean, for the most part, they usually just slay with whatever their concepts are. But seeing this Lightyear trailer, I, I said I was a little skeptical initially, uh, but I, I had hopes because Pixar just knows what they're doing, usually. <laughs> usually. It, it doesn't sound like this is going to be good, though. Um, and I don't know where Pixar is going because their original ideas are just great. Uh, you know, whether it be something like Up, whether it be something like Soul or Inside Out, like those are heavily emotional stories with really deep and invested characters. Now, they should be able to have done that with someone like Buzz Lightyear, who's had... Uh, four movies, he's had a TV series and stuff like that. Like, this should have been easy. Yet, for some reason, he's kind of a dumbass. 
uh, is what most of the reviews are saying. He's like too stupid for Buzz Lightyear. And it's like the, the critic rating is only 79%. It's at 79%, but I'm hearing it's like it's just going down. And uh, so I wonder where where Pixar is at as a whole, because it feels like they're losing ideas. Because uh, another story that I linked to everyone else is the fact that they're planning on developing a fucking Sheriff Woody film on top of this. So, please, gentlemen, do you care about Pixar? If not, I understand. But where do they go from here? Like, what, what can they do to kind of bring it back because they, they've they've uh, been slipping. I mean, here's the thing: is both of these articles that that you guys posted that that I think Tony set the links to. They both are what from Giant Freaking Robot, right? Yes. So I, I like the site, but you got to be kind of careful with them because sometimes they can get a little hyperbolic with what they say and. And like when I looked at the article and I and I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at this on Rotten Tomatoes, 78 percent for Lightyear certified fresh. And and it still has a higher rating than like stuff like Brave, like Cars 2, like other Pixar movies that have been out there with an 88 percent audience score. So when they're saying it's getting bad reviews, it's like, OK, compared to what compared to to uh, to Morbius, it's getting tremendous reviews, you know, compared to Maverick. OK, I could see that. But. It's it's bad for Pixar. It's, well, it's more or less what it is. It's like um, middle of the road for them, sort of. I mean, it's uh, okay. It's on the lower end. Yeah, I'll give you that much. But it's still, it's like, it's like okay, it's the lower end of of really good, which is still better than most. But I, I think like, you know, somebody who's about to embark to Florida to go to the land of uh the the land of the mouse. Yeah, Pixar matters to me a lot, and and I I mean I they they typically put out some excellent movies, um. I don't know if they're running out of ideas or as much as they're kind of like trying to maximize the Toy Story franchise and looking at what else can we do? We got, oh, we really haven't explored. It seems like maybe they're exploring these two iconic characters that came out in 95 in Toy Story. The two, you know, they were the the pillars of the franchise, Woody and, and Buzz Lightyear. Now they've done Lightyear. I'm interested to see if they're doing this Woody movie, whether they will deviate from having Tom Hanks be the voice of that, which I think probably might be a mistake at this point. When you kind of see what the reaction is, a lot of people haven't accepted. As much as people love Chris Evans, there's a lot of people well, who say Tim Allen should have done the voice for this thing. Platt, you got have, thoughts but, on that? Yeah, that was just, you know, they, they didn't want to. Tim Allen is kind of nuclear right now because he said some dumb shit recently and they didn't want to deal with that backlash. So that's why, yeah, Tom Tom Hanks is still beloved by everybody except for those people that tried to run up on his wife. Did y'all see that? They tried to run up on it. Well, they it was like paparazzi or fans or some shit, and they actually, like, bumped into her, and she fell. And Tom turned around and said, back the fuck up. <laughs> you know, shout out to Tom. I'm, 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 I'm rambling on the mic here. But um, to, 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 yeah, Pixar matters. And Pixar matters to me. But uh, to quote Hall of Famer Deion Sanders and his uh, flourishing rap career back in the day, <clears throat> must be the money. I mean, Pixar is looking at Disney and how they're cashing in on expanding the universes of Marvel and, and Star Wars, and they want to get some of that fuck money as well. Um, the problem is, it's a, it's a Hollywood problem. 
there are no more original ideas. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you couldn't even get greenlit, like classic movies and shit that probably shouldn't have worked at work. You can't even get that shit greenlit right now because everybody is looking for something, an established franchise. Everybody's taking a safe play. And that's not how Pixar made their name. I mean, shit, up. Pixar made a, a children's movie about death. That shit could have went horribly wrong, but it, it, it didn't. It was a, a beautiful movie, but it could have went soul. horribly wrong. Like you got soul, a, soul as well. Yeah. yeah. Aesop mentioned got, soul. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You, they've got yeah. To, go ahead, man. And, and I should add on, like, like I said, the, when I say the reviews are bad, it doesn't mean that the movie is bad. It, it means that it, the quality is not up to what we know to be Pixar's standard. I, and to jump in to uh, what Platt said as well, Toy Story 4 did not need to exist. Toy Story 3 is such such a wonderful film, and it was better left ambiguous to the fate of the characters once they got with their new owner. And, and you know, then Toy Story 4 happened. We had to get rid of Woody for some fucking reason. Like, it just did not need to happen at all. But... It, you know, going for you know, a lot of the people that I'm seeing, and I even kind of feel the same way. It does not feel like Buzz Lightyear, and you know, that's what you were saying, Dave. Like Tim Allen, yeah, we get it. He's kind of a lunatic, but Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear and will forever be Buzz Lightyear, whether he's, uh, you know, in the Toy Story one you know, trying to believe he can fly or in Toy Story 3 where he's speaking Spanish the entire time. You know, like, it's it's great. Um, I I don't like the fact that they're deviating so hard. And maybe if they, what if they made Buzz Lightyear younger, younger than what they they have in the Lightyear film, you know, to to the fact where now he's just unrecognizable. Now, now at least you can kind of spin it away from Tim Allen because he's, you know, early twenties at this point, you know, so he doesn't have that, that grizzled voice or whatever and uh, stuff like that. And I think that's going to be their best bet. If they do wish to continue the toy story universe, which they will, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that they're, they're in a release, like, uh, like pressured release schedule where it's like, we have to put out something. So you get out, you get something like soul, which is great. Tremendous. Uh, and then you get something like uh, Luca, which got, uh, which was also fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but just swept under the rug for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, pontificating too much on fucking Pixar and how it makes me feel. But I just don't want another Cars 2 or Good Dinosaur. And we should never have that ever again. Tony, you got something you want to say about Pixar? I know you were reaching for your microphone. I just think a clever way to do this with Tom Hanks involved would maybe, I don't know what the setup is for this movie or in the story or anything, but why couldn't he be the narrator to stories of Woody's past, right? With a younger person playing the actual Woody in the action and Tom Hanks just being the narrator. You could probably get a whole series out of that. You know, there's a, a plethora of the backstory of who Woody actually is and how he became this great cowboy or whatever. That's not a bad idea at all. Yeah, it's 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 a tough sell. I mean, I, I I know, like you guys were saying, it's all about the money and Toy Story. Let's face it, is big money franchise, you know, that sort of thing. 
Um, I've always kind of like looked at a project like Lightyear and what they're doing with Woody and saying, okay, you're, you're doing a standalone movie about toys without Andy, without a lot of the uh, the human element that made Toy Story so good. And, and it's a difficult sell to get people to jump in and say, yeah, I want to hear about these toys backstory, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of a, a, a little bit of a, a, maybe there's some disconnect going there and maybe it just needs to be positioned like, Hey, these are, these are standalone movies about these, these toys side stories, that sort of thing. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, not having Tim Allen because people are going to resonate and associate Buzz Lightyear with, to infinity and beyond in that voice. And yeah, Tim Allen is, is a pariah right now, but that's, you know, I, I really hope with they, they, maybe they'd learn something and say, okay, we got to get Tom involved with this Woody project. Even if it's like Tony said, have a narrator or, or something like that to kind of, you know, lead into this whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not too worried about Pixar. I think they've still got some good ideas in the can. They seem to always be coming out with something like I don't know if it's like you said, Aesop, if they feel pressure to constantly release something, if Disney and, – and there's been some friction between Disney and Pixar. You think they're all under one big happy mouse umbrella, but that's not always been the case. There is some friction that is built up between – you know, I know a couple months ago we talked about the release schedule in Pixar movies. Red got shuttled right to – you know, straight to Disney Plus instead of being released in the theaters. Pissed off a lot of people. So Same, same thing with Luca. Luca was a fantastic movie. And, you know, this will all be kind of probably washed under uh, the bridge, you know, once June 16th, uh, 2023 comes out with their new movie, Elemental. Uh, You know, that's going to be probably a a fantastic movie. And just by the title, it sounds like more of a a Pixar-esque film of just like, ooh, what could it be? Rather than leaning on an existing product. But, eh, oh, wait. Well, we are in the halfway uh, at the halfway point of the year, and, and I wanted to do a quick review just from everyone. What has your year been like in this pop culture fandom that we live in? Uh, you know, the best, what you liked, what you didn't like, and what are, what we're looking forward to uh, in for the rest of 2022 and uh, eventually 2023 because. Holy shit, there is so much out there right now. So much to consume. Uh, chances are there there has to be something that we're looking forward to. Uh, let's start off with uh, you, Chris Platt. I enjoyed the fact that we had uh, invent movies again. You know what I mean? As a guy that, that loves going to the movies and loves going to the theater, we had like legitimate event movies like Top Gun Maverick, you know, the Marvel stuff, Spider-Man. Uh, Doctor Strange, the Batman, that was exciting for me. And it kind of brought me back to some sense of normalcy after, you know, the past few years that we've had, you know? Yeah, uh, anything you didn't particularly like? Too much content. It's content overload. It's hard to keep up, man. Especially now that we can go back outside. It's just too much. I got to, you know, I have to pick and choose. It's like being at a buffet. I got to pick and choose what I put on my plate. So that sucks a little bit. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm just not going to get to. Like, I'd love to be able to watch Westworld, but I'm not. I'd love to be able to start Stranger Things, but I'm not. I'm just not. You guys, these guys are assholes, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. You, they're trying to fuck me up right now while I'm talking and trip me up. Yeah, they're assholes. I was what? trying to. Oh, uh, you notice how I'm being really, here. I'm being really quiet, Chris, out of respect thank, for you. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you. 
That's why thechairshot.com. <laughs> Always use your head. I was I was watching well, TV. I don't appreciate I wasn't this shit. You asked what I don't appreciate. Well, I was, I was trying to get you to say what you're looking forward to as well. It's trying to just trying to get the whole gamut on, over oh. here. So I was actually trying to help, but you know, not oh, my bad. Shit, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> looking forward to waking up tomorrow. That'll be nice. <laughs> nothing, nothing like the best content out there is waking up and the watching people wake up. Uh, PC, you you were wanting to say uh, jump in on this whole uh, thing as well. So, oh, sure. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what have you liked? What have you haven't liked? What are you I, looking forward to? I would say maybe something I didn't like as much as I did in previous seasons would have been uh, The Witcher. Uh, even though I enjoyed this past season. Um, Going back to the movies, yeah. I mean, you know, you and I went together, Aesop. I mean, I seen No Way Home and Doctor Strange in 3D. Uh, Batman throwing out a film noir almost detective movie, which was great. Uh, sitting there for three hours wasn't so great. But by far, without a doubt, and, and you, I don't think there's anybody that could disagree. I don't even know anybody that is even associated with this show that could possibly disagree with me. But the best thing that we've seen this year has been Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, that's right you can at me at it's me dpp go for it yeah bring your hate mail there no. uh, anything you're looking forward to though yeah thor love and thunder going back to the theater for that again um you know i almost wanted the, to go the marvel s- movies in general did you go the marvel s- movies in general did you go right? see like, jurassic world the last one absolutely not uh i almost wanted to see it just for the 3d aspect but you know, what else? we're getting another season of Mandalorian before the end of the year, right? No, no we push it to was... 2023, February yeah. 2023. Uh... I would like to amend my previous statement. I, I, too, am looking forward to Thor, Love and Thunder and waking up, possibly waking up tomorrow morning. Book of Boba Fett season two, Platt, you're kind all of in. Forever right? as well. Oh, we're getting that? Kind of Is forever. that coming this year? Oh, that, that, I tell you what, before you get to me. The trailer for Wakanda Forever may be the most anticipated trailer in sure. recent memory. One hundred. They are they are keeping it so uh, close lipped. It's going to be fantastic, Dave. I'm going to save oh. you for last. You uh, know what looks fun? But I, I just I just thought about this. I apologize, man. Then I'm going to shut the hell up. But you know what looks fun is Bullet Train. That looks like a really fun movie. I'm a little nervous that they're bringing it out in August because you know typically that's the film dump. You know what I mean? Whatever uh, the studios think is shit, dog shit, they dump it in August. But it looks like a really fun movie. And, and that's what's going to be uh, my thing for what I like most this year is the action, like um, a hand-to-head combat. My favorite movie of the year so far, and I, I think it's without a doubt going to be my favorite movie going forward, is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I fucking love that movie. I've watched it uh, so many times uh, I saw it twice in theater, and I made my boss at work buy it, uh, and to and as well as just have it at home. I love that movie, and uh, I I really do. It, I'm enjoying everything art house, and I, I believe that's eight two four, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. In which I'll, I'll just tell you right now, anything eight two four makes. It is really just one of my favorite films. Uh, like it, they're just all so good and so fun. 
So I look forward to kind of see what they're doing. I still have to go and see uh, Men, which is the their new one uh, that came out. Uh, I really want to see that. I'll tell you. Oh yes, PC. Is that a, a Stephen Regal production? No. Charlie Sheen, Ashton Kutcher. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It just kept going. I was, it was not good. You, yeah, I, you had the had open a, mouth. I had a great one too, but I, I promised our brother Ray Cash I wouldn't make any gay jokes during Pride Month. So happy Pride Month, everybody. That's my Yay. first deal. But there was, I had a good one right on the tip of my tongue, though. <laughs> Mine was about oh a bad God. wrestling character in a TV show, and all of a sudden I'm making Pride jokes, huh? Thanks, Chris. What so, I didn't like, damn insensitive, I mean, Tony. Is there any is, is there any question what I didn't like? It's fucking Morbius. Don't ever, 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 ever make me see that movie again. Uh, and the thing I'm looking forward to are more of these art house sort of flicks. I, I've seen a lot of them uh, over the course of the this year, these past six months, and I feel like they are very strong. Um, I. I Mentioned briefly in our little chat that I saw Crimes of the Future. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has. I, I'm sure O'Dowd was, uh, you know, chopping at the bit because he. I know he's a big Cronenberg guy. That movie is fucking weird. Uh, let me just preface that. But there are stuff. Uh, there is stuff going forward that I really want to see. That's kind of more artistic. What's the one with uh, uh, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba? That's coming out like where he's like a genie or some shit like that. Do you see that? I can't think uh, of it, but I know I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Look, I it could be terrible, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm just cautiously optimist, uh, optimistic about it. 
it looks kind of fun and it's kind of, like I said, artsy and going to have some great visuals. And that's really what's drawing me into the theaters lately. You know, we got stuff like Dr. Strange. Uh, I mean, that one's all visuals, uh, everything, everywhere, all once crazy visuals. And that Thor is going to be uh, full of that bullet train. I'm sure is going to be full of neon lights and, and just wild craziness. So that's what I'm looking forward to most is just getting these vibrant uh, films that hopefully I can just get really high and go and see because it's going to be awesome. 3,000 years is the movie you're thinking of. That's it. Yeah, 3,000 years. I don't know. It looks kind of fun. So, And I, I Tilda Swinton, Andy Giselva, I mean, that's, that's a pretty powerful name value right there. Dave, wrap it up. So the stuff that I've liked this year, I, I think the the Batman, I was really happy that that came off as well as it did because I absolutely love that movie. Uh, Maverick, whether you loved it or just kind of liked it like you, Aesop, still, regardless of all that, for a movie that got delayed as long as it was to come out of nowhere and be that fucking good and that critically received and, and just just like taking you back to the 80s and then kind of injecting some of the modern stuff into it as well, uh, that was fantastic. Uh, stuff I, I, you know, stuff I was kind of lukewarm about. I'll kind of go a middle of the road approach, like Moon Knight. You know, guys already know I was lukewarm on that. Halo was lukewarm on that. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness a little bit more than lukewarm, but not as great as I hoped it would be. Things that I don't like, I think, kind of like what Platt's saying, and, and Aesop, you and I, and Tony as well, have all talked about this. Yeah, it is. Streaming fatigue is a real thing, and that continues to be an issue where it's just like like this episode. I want to talk Miss Marvel with you guys, but I haven't had a chance to watch it. And I know it's really and Tunny to hear Tunny, who had no interest in watching it, to come and say it's fucking great. That's got, you know, bells and whistles going off in my head. Red alert. If Tunny thinks it's great, I need to uh, check this out. So I think that's a real thing. Streaming fatigue has gotten to the point where it's like there is so much content and it's all. And, and like, you know, you look at like June Umbrella Academy. Uh, and then you go to August and lock and keys coming out and, and all this other stuff is happening. It's like, Jesus. But that being said, stuff I'm looking forward to. Sure. Thor, love and thunder. Obviously, that's a big one. I am looking forward to season three of Umbrella Academy. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to lock and key final season. Big time. I am definitely looking forward to that Wakanda forever trailer. And I want to see how they pay that off, what they do with that uh, and the movie as well. And, and I think Black Adam as well from a from a yeah. streaming standpoint she hulk has definitely got my interest i am really curious what they do with that show and the comedic element and how that that pays off and and hopefully we get like an announcement on doom patrol season three somewhere in here tony right i think that's we're all looking forward nice. to seeing when that's going to happen more fraser come on guys more brendan fraser he, yeah you got it i mean him and him and, uh, and paul riser are ruling this year in different ways but you know uh, one more uh, secondary shout out, Cobra Kai. Uh, oh, yes. Th that's another Absolutely. one that I'm surprised none of you have said. And I have never seen an episode. so. <laughs> but I'm still intrigued. I've said this uh, the last time I was on. All right. Uh, that was that was uh, our year, half year in review. Sure. <laughs> and to wrap things up today, it's Father's Day weekend. I want to do another round the horn. I think I've done like two or three of these already in this episode, but 
I want to go give me your best TV slash film dad and your worst TV slash film dad. Uh, because there's a whole litany of them that we just should talk about. And I'll kick it off. My favorite TV dad or just film dad, whatever, is Henry Spencer from Psych. Corbin Burnson is so fun in that that series. Uh, it's one of my favorite series of all time, too. I just love the the chemistry throughout everyone. But Corbin Burnson just being uh, such an angry individual, but having the most sincere heart throughout uh, really touched me. And uh, for my worst dad, I'm going to go with Leather Daddy himself, Nick Cage, uh, in Kick-Ass. Because, dear Jesus, why would you subject your child to that? Uh, All right, uh, why don't we go uh, Ungar? Uh, I'm going to date myself here. But my, I mean... My best dad, of course, got to be Mike Brady from the Brady Bunch. I mean, you know, he's 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 the best dad, and and either him or maybe like um, Mr. Cunningham from Happy Days. There's a, there's another one who I really like. Worst father, you know, I'm looking at guys who are not going to get Father of the Year awards anytime soon, and 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 uh, probably me as soon as I kick the shit out of these dogs for if they don't shut the hell up, but. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that, PETA, just in case you're listening. Ah, man, you yeah. You already have canned dolphins, Dave. You're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Tuna safe dolphin. There's the uh, title for this episode, Tony. Tuna safe dolphin. Uh, God, there's there's been some shit shows for fathers on 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 movies and, and mostly movies. I don't know. About, have you seen too many really crappy dads on TV? I don't know. Go ahead, Tony. I, I got to think about this one for a while. It's. So Let it marinate. The the, uh, the the bad father side, we'd have to go with uh, William H Macy's portrayal of Frank Gallagher on Shameless. Um, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and watch the show. You'll be hooked. There's tons to catch. You up know on. what? I I got some. How about the dad in in uh, Joe Dirt? And you know, just dump your kid in the fucking <laughs> trash can at the Grand um, Canyon as and dads, take off with your far bullet. As, as far as dads, you don't want to have as well. And a shout out to something we didn't mention from the first half of this year is John Cena's father in Peacemaker. Um, yes, there you go. Excellent choice, Tony. But uh, two TV dads I always liked growing up. Uh, maybe not so much a dad, but had the kids in and was was treating them like they were his kids and he was the dad. Was Bernie Mac? I think those were his his sister's kids that he was watching. He was always hilarious when he'd punish the kids and his, raise his voice. And then um, John Goodman forever. Uh, Dan Connor on Roseanne uh, was always a fun dad as well. So. I have one more uh, to shout out before Chris Platt goes. Uh, Paul Rudd's character of Scott Lang in Ant-Man oh, for a dad and you is keep fucking Paul, phenomenal. Keep the Paul Reiser going on my two dads. Oh, you're not going to give the other dad, though? Oh, I, I see how it name. is. Do you remember his name? Throwing hey, dad chain. And as far as dads, we got we to gotta give a shout out to the late, great Bob Saget. Yes, you know, Danny, Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner and Full Lock, House. I had that. In, oh, I had that saved, bad, and I told bad, you face. Uh, biggest biggest heel turn ever in dads on TV is uh, Bill Cosby, right? Ooh. Ooh. Jesus that's, Christ! That's funny you brought that up, Tony. Because I'm gonna be a bad guy. 
That you, that's what funny that, that you brought that up, man, because I was actually going to say, I, I know this is probably very taboo to say, but, I mean, has there been a better television dad than Cliff Huxtable? I, I know it's kind of hard to separate the two. I get that for, you know, a lot of people, but he was a damn good television dad, man. Um, Philip Banks, that's another good one out there. You put the pudding pop, um, you put the roofie in the glass, and then that makes it kind of drop. When did Gary I, I Coleman... Turn into <laughs> right. Huxtable. Well, you see, I don't you know, know what he's the, doing over there with Bill Cosby, but he got Mike love. Tyson down. Oh, geez. Sounds like Dusty Rhodes just jumped into Cliff Huxtable's body there. <laughs> I thought it was Joe Pesci. <laughs> hey, they fuck you the drive-through. Speaking of uh, bad dads, Joe Pesci from Casino, right? <laughs> uh, no, you know another dad that I, I loved a lot for some weird reason. It was uh, Eugene Levy in America in the American Pie franchises. He was just Sorry. a really understanding dude. I, I haven't seen Shit's Creek yet. Amber oh. loved it, but yeah, he hey, was man, just don't, very don't understanding. Forget, Chris, you can never forget your penis cream. I mean, come on, what dad <laughs> is going to say that to their son, right? <laughs> Because Jim was a goofball, and his dad was always so nice and so understanding, and just just a really that's the type of dad that I hope to be. I hope I can when be that have, understanding. When you have to take your son, yeah, when you have to take your son to the hospital because he super glued himself to a porn tape, <laughs> you get extra points as a dad for that. Uh, yeah, Dave, I I hope your next uh, Halloween costume venture is uh, Eugene Levy. If if you wouldn't. Uh, I think you could pull it off. You have, you have a good tone for it. All right. Okay. Oh. I can I can I can look into that. Definitely. Uh, another bad dad, uh, Lionel Luther from Smallville. I don't know if you guys even if you guys ever watched Smallville. He he was pretty bad. I mean he he developed Lex Luther. So was, that's Mike? all. You His name know. is Lionel. I don't Michael's, know how many good Lionels what about Mike? there are. Joe, Joe Jackson, another bad dad. Lionel from the Jeffersons. Lionel Jefferson. Joe Jackson. Uh, Lionel from the Thundercats. Uh, it's Lionel, not Lionel. Lionel Close enough. <laughs> Jen, Jenny's dad from Forrest Gump. I mean, she, he was a real winner. They had to bulldoze that fucking house to the ground. He was so good to her. Uh, uh, Dr. Cox in Scrubs. Uh, great father figure. Uh, another one that is, I guess I just like the aggressive fathers. <laughs> Uh, Langmore from um, if any of you guys watch Ozarks, uh, Ruth and them's uh, Ruth Langmore's dad. He's he's another winner. Hell, Darth Vader, uh, Artie Bird. He's great fucking dad, right? <laughs> for for my Ozark fans out there, Walter White. How about Anakin Skywalker? I literally just said that. Damn it! <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Hey, how about this, Vince McMahon? I mean, good dad. <laughs> wow, that's a great, great Jesus job to wrap Christ. it up there, buddy. Then, now, forever, everyone. Good job. <laughs> or no, together. It was together. Shit. All right, everyone. This is this has been Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, I'm Aesop Mitchell. Thank you for uh, sitting through my my. Uh, my episode. <laughs> uh, let's <laughs> just uh, let's uh, give a shout out. Everyone, shout out where that people can find you, and hopefully they can never hear me again. <laughs> Dave, starting with you. Hey man, I had fun. I thought you did a did a very good job on uh, on this pressure pressure filled episode where everything was on you. So. You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com, 
slash attitude of regression. And uh, make sure, of course, you're checking out the show at Bandwagon Nerds. Follow us on Twitter. And, um, uh, you know, yeah, fun stuff, man, all the way around. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially our new dad, Mr. Platt. C. Platt, you're next. You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plaid and just all over Chairshot, man. We got a lot of shit going on. And make sure you're checking out just the plethora of remarkable content that we're pumping out day in and day out here at the Chairshot. Always a pleasure to be on Chopping It Up with the Nerds. Thank you guys for having me. I, I second Dave's thoughts. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially Mr. Ungar, Mr. Mitchell, um, Ray Cash, Patrick O'Dowd, all the nerd dads. Tony's a cat dad. Shout out to you as well. But yeah, happy Father's Day, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. And hopefully you don't all get like ugly ties and like goofy shit. You get shit that you can actually use and you actually like, you know. Liquor. Or, uh, gotcha. There you go. Or okay. Tony. Liquid, liquid cocaine would be really welcome <laughs> about this time of year. Snorting whiskey and drinking cocaine. Uh, Yeah, or maybe just the t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Check it out. I'm sure dad would like that more than that tie. Wrap that bottle of booze in a T-shirt from the Chair Shot over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. You can find me at PC Tunney, Twitter and Facebook. You can find this show at Bandwagon Nerds. You can find Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. Uh, no I in wrestling, and that's about as much as I'm going to get into that handle as you can. Ray Cash at its Ray Cash. Chair Shot Radio Network, wherever streaming podcasts are found, ASAP. And Tony, don't forget, where do we send the hate tweets to? That it's me, DPP. Thank you. And I'm Aesop Mitchell. You can find me on Facebook at Aesop Mitchell, A-E-S-O-P Mitchell. You can also find me on Twitter. I got two different Twitters, uh, at Violent Aesop and at Dave and Cudahy. Uh, yeah, listen to my podcast as well. We drop it on Mondays or Tuesdays or whatever the hell we want to. Uh, down the wire. Uh, my brother and I talk professional sports in unprofessional ways, and uh, we have a killer uh, guest this past week, uh, Grant Bills from WKTY in Lacrosse. So he's, uh, yeah, great times, good times. All right, people, do what you want for this Father's Day episode, whether you love your dad or you just like him or tolerate him. I don't know. Just you remember, you should have stopped right there. That was perfect. Whether you loved your, whether you love your dad or you're just like him, that was perfect. Okay, well you can just cut it. Do some work, PC. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.